Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a September 21st edition of the MSP Initiative, MSP Talk. Plenty of stuff to go over today, especially doing a little bit of hazing of my buddy over here, Dave Scott, but we'll, we'll wait for that for a second. Let's just get some housekeeping out of the way because, you know, if we get it out of the way now, we don't have to worry about it later. So here we go. MSPinitiative.com. Once you learn how to spell initiative, you know how to get to us, mspinitiative.com. This session, this very session is being recorded, will be under the sessions tab, uh, under a podcast format and a video format, whichever works better for you. Thank you for everyone that came out to our Community Minds event in Denver. We absolutely are planning to do many of these, or at least a few next year. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, We really like that format. I think it worked out very well. And uh, for parking a tour bus and switching to an education event, I think we did a bang up job. Then we have the ones that everybody loves to go to, the after party, block party, party party. Uh, So if you're headed to DadoCon in Miami in a couple of weeks on October 3rd, which is the second night of DadoCon, if you're going to the conference, we'll be doing a party at the Hard Rock right on the water, down the street from the Intercontinental Hotel in Miami. If you happen to just be in South Florida and you're an MSP, you can truly join us too. Don't even have to be going to the conference. You'll notice there are two links to register here you're an MSP or an IT company or you're not. Simple as that. Register ahead of time, please, please, please. Thank you for all of the sponsors that have thrown a little bit of money into the mix in order to make this work. We appreciate you. So that's the one on October 3rd at Datacon. Then we have the one last year that was in the middle of a hurricane. And we brought in the All-American Rejects and had a, a party for the ages. Yeah, we're baby. doing that again. So that's going to be November 8th from 9 till we, we shut the lights off. Uh, again, two links to register IT or MSP or anybody else. Again, a bunch of vendors on this in order to help us make this work. Appreciate that. We are very, very like this close to announcing not one, not two, but three radio recognizable bands what? from the late 90s era. And uh, you will absolutely, absolutely have a fantastic time. We promise. Hard to follow up. Can you, though, can you give us a hint? Give us a hint. You can Can't at least give, give us hint. that. Oh, Can't come on. Hey, if you're going to fucking uh, harass me some, with your eager some, stuff, you can give some, us a hint. Just give me a second. Let me finish. MSP offers <laughs> hookups from around the industry. Check them out. See if any work for you. Lastly is the industry calendar, which we right now have a mountain of 2024 dates coming in. So we haven't put them in yet. They're coming. This goes to the end of this year, but I probably have dates going until middle of next year. Uh, so we will uh, clean them up, make sure we get them into one place. That is all of the housekeeping. One more time, mspinitiative.com. So, Mr. Scott and his Vikings, I don't know, came into Philadelphia for the second year in a row. And, you know, hey, it just didn't go, didn't go your way, Dave. At least we blew past the seven-point range. And despite the fact we had four turnovers, we scored 28 points. But we still got, we still got beat. You're right. That Kirk Cousins, man, I don't know. I just think he has a black cloud over him, but I digress. Uh, wasn't him at all. Some, I mean, the I hear some rumors fourth. about maybe maybe the Jets putting in a trade offer for the Kirk. Jets know. would not be able to afford him. They wouldn't take over his contract. I can tell you this. I mean, the loss wasn't his fault, right? Again, 350, four touchdowns, no picks. I mean, yeah, say what you want, but they got to be able to win those games. You know what I mean? And he's got to be able to make the big plays. Way too many punts, just... Yeah, Black Cloud is a great way to describe it, 100%. So anyway. So give us a hint, man. Give us a hint. You said three or how many bands? Three bands? 
three radio recognizable bands from the late 90s that if you turned on your rock station or alternative music station yeah 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 you would have heard all three of these so is that for data or is that for it nation this is for it nation we will have a nation we will have band and karaoke and a bunch of stuff at Dado. But yes. like not somebody you would have like turned on your Sirius XM or had turned on your regular radio on for those guys come in for IT Nation. So late 90s. Are we talking like top 10 hits? Uh, yes, I, I would say when you group all of these bands together, they have 14 top hits, top 10 are we, hits. Are we talking like Smashing Pumpkins, Green Day, No Doubt, Soundgarden, Radiohead? Those are all those great. Lines? Ah. So far, not- <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting close. I know oh, by your reaction. Man. Going right down the list. So I, I promise it like, listen, Blink-182, Pearl you Jam, weathered the storm Corn, last Weezer. year, hold on. If you weathered the storm last year and saw all American rejects, you had a pretty good event. I mean, that was pretty cool. That I don't, was an awesome event. I don't recall many times where that happens, right? Mm-mm. Even for the big, big conferences. So Cranberries, um, Oasis, Faith No More. Sublime, Stone Temple Pilots. You're just going right, You're just going right down. Come on, George, give me something some, here, man. Some of these people are like they don't. You know, some of the band members have died. I know. Well, Sublime, the other lead singer, rest in peace. Yeah, passed away last week. Yeah. Well, hopefully it wasn't them. No, it's not Sublime. Okay, good, because that would be kind of a. Bummer. All right, let's 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 stop guessing, Dave, because it's coming. It could be as All soon right. as tomorrow. We announced these. It could, it could be. I'm sure you have the timeline so, in so mind. So the question then, Dave, is are you coming on November 8th to Orlando to see this live performance? 100% be there. Yep. Okay. And I'm going to have an autographed Kirk Cousins jersey for you to put on because you're going to wear it. I think I just burned now. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't wear it. You would probably eat it. I believe like you drifted me on a Carson Wentz jersey before all things went to hell I over here. So did, I did. I did. That was back when he was on his way to making all kinds of records. Now he's I think, actually, unemployed. I see the box with that jersey right next to me, actually. <laughs> it's not worth much, but. Oh, you definitely won on that deal. I did. I won on that deal. How are you, my friend? Doing well, man. How are you? Doing God. So great. So great. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can talk football forever, probably, but uh, we can. I don't, feel, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think people tuned in for that. I mean, it was 16 million streaming, you know, people. That was the most streamed football game of any regular season ever. They said Vikings Eagles on Thursday night. You know, so, I don't get it. I mean, I get the allure. Why? I mean, Eagles are always fun to watch, right? I'm just adjusting my desk, and I love watching Jalen Hurts. I mean, you guys got a fucking great team, but at the end of the day, like the Eagles always draw a good primetime crowd. Kirk is always fun to watch on primetime. He just loses every time. So, uh, well, well, one thing's for sure. The NFL's taught us a few things, right? One, it takes time yeah. as a big company, as a big ship to shift directions into a new medium, right? Like it doesn't usually happen overnight you kind of have to shoot a couple of bullets to see if it's like viable before you make a major, major shift. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Well, what Direct are you, what are you talking TV? about? The fact well, that I mean, they got a well, new let's TV talk contract. About a couple of these. Let's talk about a couple of these. Yeah. Direct TV had NFL Sunday ticket for, I feel like 20 Forever. years. Yeah. And now it's YouTube it. TV. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big shift. Right. And then like, they, they are smart. Like, so Amazon prime bought Thursday night football. Yep. They will at least still broadcast it on the local station for the home markets. 
Yeah. And then look at outside of those markets. I wonder how many bars and restaurants had to get rewired. Oh, I mean, well, they didn't get rewired, but they had to switch providers and go through the whole rigmarole, which I'm sure was a hassle. I mean, look at the Major League Soccer. Messi comes to Milami or Milami, um, Milan, Miami or Inter Milan, Miami or whatever they call themselves. And all of a sudden, boom, Apple TV picks up the entire MLS contract, right? And so instantly an infusion of cash is going to go into the MLS and you'll find players' salaries are going to go up because that's how it is in the NFL. That's how mm-hmm. it is in, in hockey. It's in Major League Baseball. It's the same thing. It's all driven by TV revenues. Well, not Major League Baseball, but uh, football, definitely it is, right? There's a great book that Robert Smith, the former running back for the Minnesota Vikings, wrote right after he left football. It was kind of a tell-all, right? He talked about, you know, women, cocaine, drugs, uh, getting through piss tests. And he kind of came out and talked a little candidly about some of the bullshit that they do inside the locker rooms and how nefarious the NFL is. Well, at the end of the day, he was right. I mean, all the things he said in his book weren't wrong. It was awesome from a player's perspective, but he talks about how healthy the NFL is and how lucrative and how profitable it is because it's all based on TV revenues. And now major league soccer is following suit and we love our sponsors. We love our advertisements here in America. It is what it is. hundred percent, which, which leads yeah. to the whole, you know, like cash, you know, cash is King cash flow is King, yeah. Yeah. you know, like profitability, like we're hopefully in business to actually make money, I was actually, you know, quick story. I was in uh, at an event a couple, uh, two weekends ago in New Jersey called TechCon, right? Paco and Rick run this event every year. Yep. And um, I was talking to an MSP from New York and he, I was like, so how are you going to add like the next five, eight million dollars of reoccurring revenue to your business? And he's like, oh, I don't know. We're going to do security. We're going to do compliance. Is that the other? I was like, all right, cool. I was like, Borrow. that takes time, by the way. Like that's not going to happen in 12 months. No. I was like, you're in the business of making money no? Yeah, because like he was arguing with me like well i just don't do certain things and i'm like but you're in the business to make money right if i can you and drop another 500 grand a year in annual reoccurring revenue that's that's mailbox money right like think about should be like you know like i had to have that conversation i feel like in the technology business dave we forget about the just 101 of what companies are meant to do right yeah 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 i mean you know when you're talking about growth strategies um most msps are going to sit between that two to five million dollar mark getting over a million dollars is really hard once you get over a million dollars it's less hard to get to two and three mil it's just different challenges getting to five mil is really really hard mike harvath and reed warren uh, and, you know, even some of the guys, the M&A guys in the channel, Gary Pika talks about this, getting to five mil is like the value of death. And that's a business term for how hard it is. But to get there, you got to spend money. And most guys aren't willing to do that because growth strategies, organic growth strategies, which is non-acquisitive, you don't go buy somebody, you don't merge with anybody, like getting to that point, like getting new customers that are giving you 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100K a month in recurring revenue are hard to find. And it's just a fucking grind, right? And so I feel like a lot of tech companies just don't understand that. And, um, you know, they don't, it's hard to go through it. It is. I mean, I'm, and I say that from a point of compassion and empathy, because I think that's really important to do. Some people just aren't built for that type of growth strategy. You know, I had a um, coffee appointment this morning at nine, and I was telling the story of when I was at Connect Booster and B&G as the CMO. And when I started there, like they were barely million and a half, million point eight you know, in gross annual revenue, when I left, we were pushing 10, 11 mil. 
shortly after I left, they shot up to 12, 15, 20 mil, 30 mil in gross annual revenue. Now that was a, all of their companies combined, but Connect Boosters recurring revenue is a part of that. It just went like tick, 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 and then J-curve hockey stick growth, right? My econ professor would be so pr pr proud and that I remember that phrase, but it's true. And so, but that stress was insane. Like there's a reason why I normally wear glasses and I, you know, bags under my eyes, right? To hide them because the stress and lack of sleep was so intense. And to get to that level of growth is really hard. And you have to borrow some money and you have to be okay with borrowing a quarter million dollars or a hundred grand or $500,000 to get to, you know, three mil, five mil, 10 mil and beyond. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of conversation. Um, and we, we've heard a long time. You mentioned Reed Warren. You mentioned the Revenue Rocket guy too. Like, I mean, M&A is not going away. I mean, I, f I feel like there's 20, they say there's 25 kind of PE backed companies that are trying to do a lot of, you know, MSP roll-ups. Um, and I just, I hear a lot of stories, yeah, just by, you know, being in the circle, right? About how, hey, like, you could have doubled the valuation of the company had you just took 12 months, cleaned up your books, set it up a correct way. Yep. And then mm -hmm. like, now you're in a better place, mm -hmm. but like burnout's real, Dave. And I feel like part of the, yeah. part of the problem, and, and it's, you know, it's at the owner led company all the way down to the people underneath of them. Yeah. Um, this is a really hard business. It is. It is. I mean, anything in recurring revenue and subscription-based revenue and anything in technology is really hard because it's it changes so often and it's so vague and nebulous, right? Like people don't understand what they're buying a lot of the times. And even if you're working, if an, even if an MSP is selling like to an IT director or VP of IT, like they don't even know oftentimes what the heck is going on in their networks, right? Is it cyber secure? Do we have the right AI monitoring tools set up? Like say I'm an MSP and I'm selling into a large car dealership group or a large um, you know, construction group, and I'm talking like large than 500 to 1,000 employees and more, like you're breaking the 100 million, two or three, 400 million dollar mark. Like they don't even know what the fuck is going on in their networks, right? They have no clue if their AI tools are monitoring their networks properly. They have no clue if their remote employees are keeping track of device management. They have no clue what they're surfing on these things, right? And so there's just a lot. You're right. It's so it's really hard. You can only work so many weeks working at 70, 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, right? You can do it for a temporary period of time. And I think that's okay if you have a sure footing of what the outcome is gonna look like. For example, one of the Robin Robbins, one of my favorite Robin Robbins events a few years ago was she brought on Shark Tank um, guy, uh, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And they call him Mr. Wonderful because he's an asshole, because he's not wonderful, but he's also the wealthiest of all the sharks. I'm not sure if you knew that. He's wealthier. He yeah, I did wealthier not than Damon, that. wealthier than, than Mark Cuban. Yeah, absolutely. He's wealthier it's, than Cuban, huh? Yep. So he actually has a he has he has a huge investment in a data center here in North Dakota. So for all your guests out there, I live in Tropical Fargo. And I say Tropical Fargo because it's the furthest thing from tropical. Yeah, exactly. So he invested in a huge data center location here in, in North Dakota because to build a data center, you have to have a, a handful of things. No seismic activity no earthquakes, no volcanoes, no tropical storms, no infestations, no immigration issues. Like it has to be in the middle of nowhere or nice or settled where there's not going to be any threat from the environment or outside sources to, to catch that data center, destroy that data center, hurt that data center. And so it's just really good place to build a data center because North Dakota is a humongous state geographically, but it's not really well populated, right? So my point in saying all that is he was on, uh, he, he went to Robin Robbins and he talked about 
a 10 or 15 year period of working your goddamn ass off, right? Like be willing to do that for 10 year period. And there were some guys in the audience asking him questions and they were like, hey, how long should we have to work, bust our asses to get to the point where we have a really nice multi-million dollar nest egg? And he's like, between 10 and 20 years. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah. He's like, but here's how I look at it. I would rather work for 10 years of my life, bust my ass, take all kinds of risky moves because he's a risk taker. I would rather do that or 10, 15, 20 years to set the rest of my life up for success and live with that short-term pain. And in the IT world, you know, I think it's so true. Like, are we willing to do that, right? Are we willing to set aside um, short-term pain for long-term game as long as you understand what the outcome is? I feel like it's the inverse. Long-term pain for short-term nothing. Like, these yeah. people are basically hanging it up and there's nothing left. Yeah. You know, we had a prospecting call maybe about a month ago. We had a, um, a client that wanted to hire us. And he's owned the company since 1991. And he's barely a million and a half in gross annual revenue. And so we got to the final point where we finished, we do a sales and marketing audit before we engage anybody. And it's super cheap. It's like 1200 bucks. It's three meetings. It's full of just all kinds of information where we give them a roadmap, right? And before we do anything, before we work with you, anybody, everybody has to go through that sales and marketing audit. It's like an assessment, you know, like an IT assessment. And so we went through with them. We get to the very end and he's just like, I want to move forward. I want to move forward. But I'm like, mm -mm you're not a good fit. And he's like, what? I was like, you've owned this business for over 30 years and you're at a million and a half in gross annual revenue. You don't have a sales and marketing problem. You have a you problem. And my director of operations was on the call and she's like, whoa, Dave, you know, simmer down. And I'm like, ah, but he's not a good fit. And I don't want to lie to him. I'm not disingenuous. And, you know, if anything we've learned and since the pandemic and in the last year, I've had lots of friends get sick, die and pass away. It's like, just say shit now, right? Like, don't, let's just not, Let's not be nice. Let's be kind in your delivery, but you know, let's avoid the whole niceties. Let's just be honest, right? And so I told him, I'm like, you're going to be a pain in the ass client. I love you. You're a cool guy and I care about your business, but there's a reason that you're only at million, million and a half in gross annual revenue. You, for owning this for 30 years, if you have this amazing WYSIWYG awesome product, you should be at five to $10 million in gross annual revenue by now. And you can talk to any M&A consultant, growth, other growth strategy consultants in the IT channel, and they'll tell you the same thing. But it's a you problem, right? And so I feel like there's just massive accountability that's missing in most of our lives, right? And so for IT guys that are watching this or listening, it's like, hey, I empathize with you because I used to own a tech company and you know we own a professional services company now that serves IT companies. But at the end of the day, like we have to ask ourselves, hey, do I want a lifestyle business? Just something that's going to pay the bills that I can retire from and sell for half a million or a million bucks when I'm you know, 50, 60, 70 years old? Or do I want to focus on uber hyper growth and make a lot of money and set myself up for massive success in the future. So again, there's no shame and judgment either way. We just have to ask yourselves, what is the juice? A good friend of mine always says, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Are you well, willing to I, put the time in for massive growth or do you just want a lifestyle business? I hate to bring it back to this, but I think Kirk Cousins made the juice definitely worth the squeeze. I mean, yeah. fully guaranteed contracts like every year for since he's been with you know the, the, the Minnesota Vikings. Says Jalen Hurts' contract too, man. You can't throw stones at that contract anymore. Hold on. I'm just saying like the dude walked in and like I think the first contract was like four years it was like $96 million or something like that. Fully guaranteed. This guy could have yes. been on the couch at home watching TV and he was going to get paid. Yeah. And I'm like, he can hurt his, that, hurt his ankle like Aaron Rodgers. Well, well, he did have surgery. Let's be honest. I but know. I, I know. My, my point is like, 
there was a good guaranteed outcome for 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 Kirk, but yeah. most yeah, like you can crash your company, right? You can be yeah. a five million dollar company or mm-hmm. an eight million or ten million or two million dollar company, and you can make a bad decision and, and end up off off the ditch on the side of the road, right? Totally, like, totally. There's risk. There always is. I think that's true for anything, though, right? Nothing, nothing's risk free in this world. Um, whether you get into a relationship with somebody, whether you get married, whether you take a you know business risk to your point, yeah, there's always risk involved. And it's extra risky when you have a tertiary based company, a service based company like an IT firm, right? Because banks and your lenders, if you have those, um, which most people do, they you know they don't have anything to come after. So you're going to leverage your house or your car or other assets. And so it's not like a manufacturing firm or like a healthcare organization where you have beds and equipment and hospitals to come after. You know, you're putting yourself on the line. So yeah, it's very risky. Since you've been working with a lot of companies in the space, and I would say that, you know, you stayed in the space, right? You could have went back into any yeah. other industry, right? You, yeah. you found IT and MSP land to be worth your while. Yeah. Um, the people that have been able to sit back and say, hey, I'm going to have to take a risk and borrow money, right? And mm-hmm. let's say, you know, invest those dollars in order to force the agenda, because like, to your point, if the guy from 1991 had just incrementally growed for 30 years, yeah, that's a slow, but he would have gotten somewhere if he was, you know, inching year over year, right? Yeah. It sounds like in your business, though, the agenda is how do we get back to that hockey stick style growth to get to an outcome or, or have, do you, would, have you taken on people who are like, eh, I'm a little bit risk averse, like maybe I'm willing to put a little bit in, but like, I would rather put in time than dollars. Tell me yeah. why you would go a uh, customer goes one way versus the other mindset. That's almost always it. mindset. It all depends on the owners of the, you know, of the firm, if they're willing to invest in it. And that's what we look for right away. You know, it's like, it's like dating, right? You look for red flags, green flags. You look for things that are going to be red flags. Like if you're new in a relationship and somebody says, I like, snorting cocaine and doing drugs and doing illegal things every Friday. And, you know, I hate counseling. Counseling is dumb and personal growth is stupid. And, you know, I, I eat horrible. I don't take care of myself and I want to get into a relationship with you. How's that sound? You're probably going to be like a fucking run, right? Or you should, this might be fun for like that amount of time. And then you're going to be like, this is miserable. I need to know this is red flags, huge red flags. Then there's green flags. You know, you get to know somebody and they're like, Hey, I, um, you know, I've been hurt and wounded and I've done all the work and I've hired a coach and I've hired a therapist and I'm, I eat healthy and I take care of my gut health and I put only good things in my body and I don't do drugs and I don't drink alcohol or I drink in moderation. I take care of myself and I'm healthy, right? And, and I have a good relationship with my parents. And yes, I have parental wounds, but I've done the work and I've examined that trauma and I'm working through it. And I'm constructively working through it. And I'm not perfect. I still have troubles managing my emotions and my temper every once in a while, but overall I'm healthy lots of green flags in that conversation, right? You're like, holy shit, this might be the one, right? So you compare those two, and those are two different mindsets. You look for red flags and green flags. As we approach customers, and as, you know, after I left Connect Booster back in 2017, we're constantly re-examining what we're doing and what we're offering. But at the same time, I know uh, as a guy who has been in business for a long time, I mean, I'm pushing 50 now, I know that there are MSPs who struggle with mindset issues, right? And that's driven by the mission and vision of the ownership group or the CEO. Might be one owner, might be two, might be three or four, right? You have to have the right mindset and all those managers and leaders have to be on the same page. And so if you want to grow at 10, 20, 30, 40% clip, great. 
double down on marketing, double down on events, get hyper verticalized, do those two, three, three things right away and do them now. And you'll get quick wins from those. Right. And I'm saying quick less in like three, six, 12 months. Right. You'll start getting leads in the door. You'll fill your funnel system, have a good email marketing strategy, yada, 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 create clear messaging, make sure you have a good sales alignment, a good sale documented sales strategy. Right. So those are the really important things to do. If you want to grow at a steady clip, if you want to grow quickly and you want to double the size of your company, you're never going to do it on referrals and you're never going to do it organically. You have to hire an M&A expert to go merge with somebody like IT Valuations, right? Call Reed Warren. He's an expert. He's been on your show a bunch of times, just like we have. And despite the fact that he's a lowly Vikings fan like I am, you you find value I, in his I business and I do well. too. Don't, don't yeah. you worry. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried at all. I'm sure you do. But he, um, my point is, in working with M&A guys like Reed or anybody in, in the growth strategy industry, they'll tell you, you won't be able to grow um, unless you have a really good pragmatic sales and marketing plan and that you're implementing and executing it with consistency and you're changing your mindset. A lot of okay, people are fearful. Correct. They're fearful to make decisions. They're fearful to invest in it. And so let's unpack why you're fearful. Well, I've been sure. burned before, or I went to Robin Robbins producers camp and it didn't get me anything, or I hired Mark Topi and it got me shit, or I went to hire this consultant or hired SGS and had a bad experience, whatever. We're not perfect. Um, my point is say they've gone down these different roads before and, or they've hired an internal marketing person, a marketing director, a marketing manager, and they haven't panned out. You know, you've struggled with that. I've struggled with that. We all have. And I think it's okay to say, so everybody's been burned and everybody has fears around investing. So let's unpack that fear and let's do things differently. So the patterns going forward are different, right? Heraclitus, a great Greek philosopher once said, the only consistent thing in life is change, right? And so we have to focus on doing things differently. Otherwise, we're going to get the same result. And that starts with up here. That's fair. Um, let's go. Let's try a shark. Since we talked about uh, Kevin O'Leary, didn't realize he was the, the big man on the block there. Yeah. Uh, shark tank analytic, I call it. What is a reasonable expectation for cost of customer acquisition as an MSP? Oof. D depends. That's the Marcus Sheridan answer. If you read his book, um, you ask, we answer. It depends. So um, I'll tell you the story of one of our one of my favorite clients, um, and I'll I'll give James a shout out. James Warwick. He's the owner of STS Strategic Technology Solutions. They're based in Los Angeles, California, or out in California, and then they have an office in uh, uh, Arizona. And I didn't tell him I'm going to mention him on this, so he's going to get stoked. James got a, a very healthy business. It's not perfect. No IT company is perfect. Nobody is perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect partnership, relationship, marriage. It's not. Everyone has their issues. But his company is very healthy because they've hyper-verticalized into one industry. And so for James, all they do is they work with law firms and they work through bar associations. And they have an amazing business development guy named Mike, um, Mike Ubaldini, who is lock, stock, and barrel aligned with their operations and delivery and the CEO, James, and his business partner, Sam. And so the thing I love about these guys the most is they can, we can draw a pretty good correlation and get a general idea of their, their customer acquisition costs, CAC, as they call it in HubSpot world or inbound world, CAC, because they know that they only spend a certain amount of dollars to get into these associations groups. They have a captive audience by selling into bar associations. Now, do they pay like fees to be a premium sponsor, premium member for these groups? Of course they do. It might cost them 10, 20 grand a year, whatever it is. I'm not sure if that's the number, but I'm just using it for, for conversation's sake. Um, and if they're part of five associations, five bar associations, are they going to pay per association? Of course. Are they going to pay 
uh, time and material costs to go there for marketing to go there? Of course. Are they going to quantify their time? Of course. Are there going to be travel expenses and are they going to hobnob and buy beer and meals for them? Of course. So all that's part of your overall marketing budget. But for them, it's easier, not easy, easier to get an idea of the customer cost per acquisition because they've hyper-verticalized and they have an idea and a sense of what it costs them from a time frame perspective from first initial conversation, moving them down the sales funnel to making them a new buyer, right? And so the more that you hyper-verticalize, the more that you get focused on your messaging from a sales and marketing perspective in your business, it's a lot easier to predict that number. Now, if you're an IT firm that says, hey, we're million and a half or million bucks and we serve anybody that's got a plug, good luck. It's gonna be really difficult. I'd argue you're not gonna be able to figure that out because it's probably pretty chaotic inside your IT firm. Now, if you're a little bit bigger or more, or more mature or you're small and you wanna get more mature, you have to figure out some of those things. And it's a simple thing. It's just figure out what you spend, divide it by, um, uh, new customers and out comes your CAC. It's a pretty simple equation. It's a math problem. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, I'm all. Yeah, everybody always says you got to work backwards, right? I'm sure when you do your, you know, network evaluation, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You're like, well, you know, like, how long does it usually take to get to a new customer? How many interaction points occur? Like, how many meetings need to happen in order for a customer to come out of your efforts, right? So you're working yeah. backwards from. Well, hey, how much you want to grow by, and then how many appointments you need you need to set, and how yeah. many work evaluations come from those appointments, and then so on and so on and so on, in order to come out with, well, this is how many net new customers you know you need in order to get to, you know, this work or this number. Yeah. Here's the problem, right? Like, if there's a lot of you know companies where the owner is still involved in the day to day operation, they have to hire net new people in order to do the meetings, do the evaluations. Sure. Send the reports, create the quotes, hopefully sign the contract before mm -hmm. we even talk about onboarding those people and getting them to a point where they're functional. 100%. So like, there's always this scare, scarcity problem where I'm hiring somebody who I don't really know to be the person out there on the street trying to close new business for the company. Yeah. And like, I've heard a lot of horror stories there, Dave. Yeah. You mean uh, horror stories in terms of hiring a sales guy to do it for you? Yeah. yeah. Like it just I mean, you spend a lot of time and money and then it ends up being, you know, either A, they sign business that's not the type of customers that you were shooting for, B, the money just ultimately resulted in zero. <laughs> yeah. And now you have a pile of bills on your desk with nothing to show for it. Yeah. So I feel like um, I totally hear you on that. And that is a struggle. I and mean, that's, a, that's a real thing for us too, right? We struggle finding good salespeople, good cold callers and SDR to follow up on appointments. Um, and I'm sure it's a struggle for you guys too. So there's two types of sales methodologies inside of an MSP. There's a, uh, a CEO seller, which means a business owner like you and me are actually out prospecting and selling, which you're hustling your ass off. And I am too. Matter of fact, I don't know how you're alive, George Party. See the shit that you put in your body and the food that you eat and your travel schedule. Like, are you sure you're not like Cal L's little brother, Superman's little brother? Because you're you like saying, impervious. Are you saying Chick-fil-A is bad for you? Yeah. <laughs> is the Pope Catholic? Does a bear shit in the woods? Of course, it's oh, bad okay. for you. All right. All Not 100% right. bad for you. I mean, it's better than like, you know, I don't know, dumping toxins in your body. But yeah. Anyways, that's a compliment, by the way. You are a fucking grinder and hustler. My, I'm not worthy of George Bardisi because of your friggin' travel schedule. Your team keeps up with you, and you're, I think you're older than them too. Um, so, anyways, my point is, there's a seller CEO, another CEO who outsources it or hires somebody to do it internally, right? 
and whether you hire an SDR to set appointments for you, uh, which is you know kind of dipping your toes in the water so they can book appointments so that you can, those sales situations do go through you or whether you hire like an account executive or business development executive or business development rep, like there's two types of um, scenarios. And so I feel like um, you first have to figure that out. Like, how can you grow? If you're small, I would say, make the CEO the chief salesperson. I, I love being in charge of sales and I love being in charge or involved, not in charge, but I love being involved in our marketing because I love people. You know, I have a technology background. I don't have a problem talking about it, but at the same time, like, I don't want to be the guy doing the work. I can't. I don't want to be the CPA. I don't want to be doing my payroll. I don't want to be um, managing my books. I don't want to be doing account management or project management. That's why I have employees who do those things for me. So it allows me to spend time doing stuff like this and having conversations. And I think for IT owners, you have to do the same thing. If you're stuck in operations and delivery all day long, you're doing the wrong things and your company's broken and you're broken and you got to figure it out so that you can get out of those things, free those shackles around your wrists and your ankles and free up time so that you can go and do the things that are going to be involved in growth for your company. One of the things that we do, just a simple tactic is hire a goddamn admin. Most IT guys are so like, they don't want to hire an executive assistant. Everybody's like, everybody's gotten, you know, an excuse, you know, you know, the cliche about excuses, right? They're like buttholes. Everybody's got one and they stink. Well, if you want to free up a lot of your time, hire an admin assistant, hire somebody to manage your calendar, to book your appointments, to manage your email inbox. Just make sure you're not getting any funny, weird emails from your wife or your spouse or better half that they're going to see. But my point is make sure you hire them. They'll manage your inbox for you. They'll manage your expenses. They'll manage credit card payments. They'll manage stuff that you would normally do that you may be involved in operations or ticketing or whatever, so that you can go free up time to write awesome blog pieces or promote stuff on LinkedIn or spend time in sales appointments. Like you got to be able to free up your time. And that's such a simple one. That was actually one when my former firm hired Reed Warren, he was at uh, revenue rocket at the time he wasn't with it valuations, but he helped um, get involved with uh, a growth strategy consultation for us. And that was one of the first things he told our e-commerce consulting firm that I owned at the time was hire an admin assistant. And we were so resistant to it. And he's like, guys, I, I get it. Just trust me. If you don't do this, I'm going to fire you as a client. And we were like, whoa, okay, that's pretty intense. Let's go hire one. Best decision we ever made. And I've never worked in an environment where I haven't had one since. So those little things, right? To, so I know it's a long answer to a short question, but you really have to go back and examine where you're spending your time. And again, that's a mindset thing. That's a, it's a, it's a habit thing. If you don't change your habits and change your thinking, you're not going to get beyond, um, you know, you're not going to see beyond yourself. You're not going to see the forest through the trees. No, that's fair. I think that um, I, I I almost hate to not to even bring this up, but you, you already drove by it earlier. Uh, there is a long line of people that go around, down the block and around the corner and probably a little bit past that of 60, 80, 100, six-figure marketing investment. And they turn back and just same thing, right? Do mm -hmm. I hire somebody? Do I take a risk, right? Hey, I, I, I went to a firm. I dumped my money out, you know, 12, 12 months later, 15, 16, 18, 24 months later, you know, a lot of money went out to the bank account. I, I'm not sure I got anything back in return for it. I should have just bought cars. Um, how do you, what's your response to that? Cause like, I'm sure you hear it. I'm sure this conversation's come up before a thousand times. Yeah. I don't know what they, you know, a good answer is other than you got to put your hand on the stove before you get burned. I don't know. 
yeah, you can't do marketing for six months or 12 months or 18 months and expect to get amazing results. You just can't. So take a look at your operations team. Did they get good overnight? No. Your operations team, most I, like our clients are very mature IT owners. They're very mature MSPs. So they've been working in the industry for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, right? Most of them are at least that 10, 15 year mark. I don't think any of them have worked in their less. They didn't get to grow that way overnight. It took them 30 years, 20 years, 10 years. That's a long time. You have to be doing sales and marketing for that same amount of time. Marketing is not about marketing though. And this is the one thing that just drives me nuts. Like Can I quote that marketing is not about marketing. Yeah, it's not exactly. It's about sales and marketing. So that's why like Marcus Sheridan changed the name of his company to sales lion. Now part of sales lion is executing a pragmatic sales and marketing strategy. Yes. But it really is about sales at the end of the day. Those two are very synonymous with each other. You create content for your sales team or for your seller CEO or whoever's selling your stuff. You get a really clear understanding of who your ideal buyer is and your ideal audience is. And then you figure out what you're, what you're selling, which is 10 times out of 10, an issue that we run into right away. We get in the door. We're like, Oh, what do we sell? CEO says this, the operation says this VP says this, your tier one technician says, I hate sales guys. Don't bother me. Your tier two technician says we sell this. And guess what? All six of them have a different answer. Case in point, um, Donald Miller, the author of Story Brand. Donald Miller tells this great story on an old podcast he did a few years ago. He's talking about presidential campaigns that he worked on way back in the day because Story Brand is a messaging platform. It's about getting clear, right? Not clever. And this is back in 08 when uh, Jeb Bush was running for president on the Republican ticket. Now, say what you want about the guy, but he had name recognition and he's probably a pretty good candidate, right? Wrong. So they hired Donald Miller and he went into their Florida headquarters, wherever that was. And Donald Miller and a couple of his consultants got paid a nice. Wow. Oh, did we freeze? We good? We're good. Okay. Let me know if you can hear me. Okay. So he says, I want every single person here to tell me the mission of Jeb Bush. Tell me why I would vote for him. Tell me the mission. Every single person, 20 or 30 people, however many people it was, said a different, completely different thing. Now hmm. he went to, um, I forget the person, he compared uh, Jeb Bush to another candidate. It wasn't Mitt Romney. He's like Mike Huckabee or somebody like that. Every single one was lock, stock, barrel, exactly the same message all the way around. He stands for this. She stands for this. He stands for this. He stands for this. This is what he believes in. This is his mission. This is his credo. This is his mantra, whatever. Boom, 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 boom. That's what you have to do as an IT firm, right? Everybody has to be on the same page, preaching the same message. And if you don't even know what the fuck you're selling, how can you put in a proposal and how can you expect to get any results from a bunch of email marketing campaigns? You're not, right? So you have to do it consistently. So for, and I've been there. I mean, we've spent I think I've told you some of the crazy ass stories at BNG and Connect Booster. I wrote a blog piece about how we wasted, not wasted, there's nothing ever for a waste. We wasted like, or spent about three or $400,000 trying to implement an inbound marketing strategy in HubSpot, right? Into ConnectWise. And it was a massive failure. Not because HubSpot was bad or ConnectWise is bad, because that's not the case, or their integrations are bad, because that's also not the case. It was a leadership, it was a people problem, right? We were stumbling over our own shoes. Some people believed in it, some people didn't. And there wasn't strong enough ownership and leadership to say, this is a direction we're going. You can get on board or you can go see ya. You can leave this meeting. You're not needed here, right? And we didn't have that. And so that was the biggest issue. So if you spent that kind of money, I feel for you. 
Um, but at the same time, you have to do it consistently years and years and years and years. You just can't do it for six months, 12 months, 18 months and expect to see a big result. Sales and marketing is not a quick fix. There's nothing on this planet that's a quick fix unless you watch hockey. Then yes, okay. There's an exception to every rule. So there's one. But there's no such thing as a quick fix to anything. There's no such thing as a quick fix to a broken marriage. There's no such th thing as a quick fix to a wounded heart. If you've got trauma issues from your past, emotional health issues, gut issues, all those things are going to take time to fix, right? You don't cure cancer overnight. You don't cure a sick tummy overnight. If you've got kids or you, know, you eat the wrong food and you end up with diarrhea or whatever, and there's no, there's no quick fix to fixing your gut health, your body health, your mental health. It takes time. And so the frustrating thing that I get, the frustrating piece about it that annoys me is when people are looking for a quick fix from sales and marketing. It's not ever going to be a quick fix. Don't ever call me looking for a quick fix. Call somebody else because, and if they take your money, then they're friggin' liars. And I feel bad for you that you got bamboozled that way. But, you know, we're not ever going to do that because I know it's not a quick fix. Yeah. Well, so you have to do it with consistency. So, so it sounds like 24 months is the floor, right? Like that's the minimum amount of time to actually well, see a strategy work maybe. No, it should be less than that. But I mean, like it takes time to get your sales and marketing strategy developed. During that same time, you should be developing. Here's a, here's a couple of steps in our process that Stephanie, our, Stephanie Krintz, our brilliant, amazing, beautiful operations director, director of operations came up with. As we onboard clients, when they sign up with us after our sales and marketing audit, they like it, they realize it's too much to do, they hire us or somebody else. As they get going, you should be developing a list of customers, like a top 50 or top 100 or top 250 list. And these are prospects that you can start targeting right away. Like you don't have to have everything perfect. Oftentimes people are like, oh, I can't sell stuff because I don't have it perfectly dialed in and figured out. No, bullshit. You don't have to have everything perfect, right? Watch an NFL game and realize there ain't no thing as a perfect play, right? Somebody's always missing assignment or missing a block or, you know, they're chop blocking and they're getting a foul called on them. You know, you get, you get the picture, right? So you don't have to have everything picture perfect as you're executing and implementing your sales and marketing strategy. What you do have to have are a list of customers that fit your ideal buying persona and you have to have a loosely idea, generalized idea of what the heck you're selling so you can start offering it and putting it in your proposals and then start targeting those individuals on LinkedIn, start setting up appointments with them, right? It's just a matter of picking up the phone or sending them an email from an email address you got on LinkedIn and just meeting people. It's networking 101, right? Sales 101. And then you need to have things to send them, right? Like say there's a really great article on CIO.com or businessinsider.com about how I don't know, AI is solving the world's problems and solving all cybersecurity issues, this new AI tool. Like send us something interesting to your customer. Don't fucking bore them to death, right? One of our former clients does these boring ass videos. Oh my God, they're so bad, George. They're so bad. They had they hired this like consultant to come in and he's sitting in front of he's boy, ugh, they're just, it's like Ben Stein from Ferris Bueller. Do you remember that? Bueller, Yeah. Bueller, Bueller. No, it's shit. It's absolute garbage and i feel bad for them because they're listening to this guy and he's got the ear of the ceo and it's just oh, it's so bad my point is you don't want to have boring content now you don't have to be like doing fireworks and you know shooting off bottle rockets squeezed between your butt cheeks like you see on tiktok or instagram i'm not saying that like you don't have to be that level of exciting but just send them something that's interesting and relevant to their day right like hey 
check out this new AI tool. By the way, we use an RMM tool that employs AI technology that monitors your network. Let me know if you can talk next Tuesday at 2 p.m. or next, you know, 4 p.m. next Thursday. We'd love to tell you about it for just give me half an hour. Like those types of conversations need to happen at the same time while you're building the plan and executing the plan. So when we get in there, we immediately, it's one of the first things I do is I say, hey, we need to get some quick wins from a sales and marketing perspective. I want you to develop a list of top 250 customers, businesses that you want to target. And then you get the creative juices full. Well, this company would never work with us because they're too big. Throw that limiting belief out the window. I don't ever want to hear you fucking say that again. Don't say that. You can work with any company that you want to. Let's put them on this list. Oh, in that case, I want to work with this awesome architecture firm. Well, how come? Because we have five other customers or two other customers and they're architecture firms and we work really well with them. Great. Put them on this list, right? So then we start the company names and we add contacts and we go find them on LinkedIn or Google them or wherever, find them on the World Wide Web. And then you start targeting them, right? And you start calling them, you start contacting them, but that takes time and energy. So that process should definitely help fill your sales funnel within a one, two, three, four month time frame. And depending on your sales cycle, right? Depending on your sales cycle, however long that takes, depending on your market and where you're at as an MSP, you should start seeing some uh, opportunities created from that, managing it in ConnectWise or whatever. And I'd be remiss by my director of sales, Stephanie, if I didn't say that, hey, manage all your activities in ConnectWise, right? Or Rick Harbour would say that too from Decision Digital. Put these activities in your friggin' sales funnel, put them in, in ConnectWise. And if you don't have ConnectWise and you don't have it set up from a sales and marketing perspective, don't worry about it. Hire a ConnectWise consultant, do that, get it set up so you can have a scalable process in place and then start targeting those customers. And you should get some quick wins fairly quickly. And if you're not, then there's something, there's something else broken. And I would argue it's probably a people issue, not a process or technology issue at that point. Uh, we had a couple conversations a long while ago, maybe even a year ago now, where you're like, ah, oh, you know, ChatGPT and all these new you know, products that'll just write stuff for you because you, you don't want to write stuff on your own. You just want the system to do it for you. Yeah. Or a year later now, do you think ChatGPT is a good option or do you tell people that's not going to be authentic content? Which, which direction are you going? So as soon as my iPhone, as soon as Hey Siri can start and as soon as my autocorrect works perfectly, then I'll start to believe my conservative Republican conspiracy theorist friends that are saying AI is going to take over the world because it's not like this iPhone can't even freaking spell correctly when I tell it to spell correctly when I'm driving. So I don't think AI robots are going to take over the world anytime soon. And we're not going to have some sort of T1 Sentinel army. You know, I think AI is very, very prevalent in every software system we use, especially America, even more so behind the scenes that we know about, especially from a monitoring perspective. Um, but I absolutely think that AI is something that in ChatGPT, Jasper is a is like ChatGPT for copywriters. I would actually employ Jasper more so than I would do ChatGPT. I think it's um, I think it's good to augment your content with that for sure. But again, it depends on your audience, what they're looking for, and what type of content you're looking for. The problem with ChatGPT is the knowledge base is very small. It's learning as it's growing, so it only goes back to like 2020 or 2021. Rand Fishkin who owns SparkToro. He's, he's the founder of SEO Moz, one of the greatest um, SEO tools ever created. And you'll never meet a smarter content marketer SEO guy than Rand Fishkin. And he was on our podcast a couple of years ago. I'll send you guys a link to promote it. It was a great interview. But he was talking about content marketing and the value of 
telling people about how you solve their pain points with just good old fashioned email marketing, copywriting, blogging, right? And chat GBT didn't exist then. But what I will tell you is you always have to, there's always going to be humans involved. You have to have somebody writing the organic content and they have to be a good copywriter. Like I, I'm, I'm a Midwest kid. I am five foot nine. And I know that I have physical limitations that would prevent me from being the seven foot center for the New York Knicks. That is never going to happen. I'm bad at basketball. It's the least favorite of all my sports. Um, and I just don't like it and I would never play it. And I'm never going to be a professional basketball player. And that's okay to say that that's my limitation. I've grieved it. I moved on. Life is good. There are certain people who say, oh, I can write copywriting or, you know, fucking Kirk Cousins. Why do he throw that? You know, why did he do that? Right. It's like, oh, you know, you get out there and you tell me you can do it better. Or Jalen Hurts went down that play. He should have ran it. He should have ran and got a first down. It's like, you know what? When you got a 250 pound fucking linebacker bearing down on your ass, you're going to run out of bounds too, instead of trying to get an extra yard or two, because him getting hurt or his hip busted or his leg broken or getting injured by getting popped for that extra yard ain't worth it. Right. Because the whole rest of the game and the season is going to go in the toilet and nobody wants that. So it's always easy to say, hey, I can I can make that basketball play. I can make that football play. I can be a great copywriter, but you can't. So you have to have somebody in your team who knows how to really good write, write really good, compelling, not boring stuff, not five steps on how to fix your cybersecurity issues as a manufacturer. Blah, boring, yawn. Stick a finger down my throat. Nobody wants to know that. What they want to know is how fucked up your network can be if you don't implement a cybersecurity strategy, right? Like how people are going to get fired or possibly put in jail if you don't meet compliance as a PE firm or a venture capital firm or as a bank, right? Because that shit is happening. It's part of the president's zero trust policy. And so if you don't have those things aligned and dialed in, you know, the rest of the conversations don't even make sense. So you really have to focus on um, using chat GBT as an augmented solution. We use it a little bit when some of our clients content but we also tell them and they very they know about it. We're not, not going to make any bones about it, but we also have conversations about it. Some of our clients are like, let's use ChatPT for everything. Some of them are like, I don't want to use ChatPT. I want to pay you to write it. And you know, we do that, we do, we do both. But I would tell you too, it's not about using ChatGBT's content in its entirety. Like you can't put in, you can't tell Chat Chat, chat GBT to write a 500 word email about cybersecurity and compliance and not have to do any editing to it. That's just unrealistic. You have to do a ton of editing because it sounds like it's written from a robot. Again, the knowledge base, according to Rand Fishkin, only goes back to 2020, 2021. So it's not gonna know anything beyond that. And it just sounds, it, you can tell, it just sounds robotic. It sounds like it came from a freaking computer. Now, is it evolving? Is it gonna get better over time? 100%. But for me, I as a reader, as a guy who gets a lot of content from MSPs and IT firms every day, I know when the good stuff is written by somebody creative. And I know when it's written by somebody who's not creative, like ChatGBT. So I would say use it, but have a plan to use it in an augmented fashion and expect to make a lot of edits to it. Okay. Well, there it is. So not saying completely keep your, you know, blind to it, but also be skeptical about what's coming out of it and tweak it. Yeah. So that's, it makes sense, right? I think that's part of the other thing. Yeah. Uh, and I would tell you too, there's a great speaker at Inbound this last year, uh, the CEO of subjectline.com. You have to do simple things. Like you have to have creative subject lines to get emails opened, right? ChatGPT is not going to do that for you. Jasper is not going to do that for you. You'll tell it to do it, but it won't. Now, here's a cool trick. This is something I haven't shared with anybody yet. So you ready for this one? So this is going to be for your audience. 
this is a question or something you can tell ChatGPT to do that it will do. And it will learn more about your customers, your business, your audience, your values, and your tone of voice. So what you do is you go to ChatGPT and you tell ChatGPT verbatim, quote, I want you to ask me 15 to 20 questions to learn more about my customers, my business, my audience, my values, and my tone of voice. That's what you literally type in and you ask ChatGPT. I want to ask you 15 to 20. I want you, so you're telling, you're typing this in ChatGPTs in the research queue at the bottom of the screen. You're saying, I want you to ask me 15 to 20 questions to learn more about my customers, my business, my audience, my values, and my tone of voice. And it will, it will start asking you questions. And then it remembers those because you have an account. There's login and password credentials, right? So it starts to remember that. And it starts to memorize that. And then it will create content based on that. And what you'll end up getting is a smarter chat GBT that will create more uh, smarter, um, not more smarter. It will create smarter content for you as you continue to put and ask it to do queries and create content, whether it's blog content, email marketing content, whatever the case might be. So that's a cool hack. That's a cool trick. I'm not sure where I saw that. It was not in the IT channel, certainly, because there's not very many good sales and marketing marketers in the IT channel, but um, it was outside of the IT channel. But that's a really great hack that you're, that people watching this today can do today that will help it create a little bit better content. But beyond that, like I said earlier, you're still going to have to spend a shit ton of time editing it. Okay. You heard it here. A shit ton of time editing it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that much time, might as well just spend the time playing with it. And write or, your own stuff. Or, yes, or write it yourself or just outsource it to whomever. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Dave, where do people find out more about you, your company, what your, your offering is to IT and MSPs out there, et cetera? Yeah, so we've got a really nice discount on our sales and marketing audit that we're offering to anybody that's watching this today. Go to scottgrowthstrategies.com forward slash ITN, short for IT Nation. So, and you'll see uh, a full array of all of our services. You can watch a short video where we tell you about what you get from it, either uh, whether you purchase it or not, it's irrelevant. You'll just learn about it and you'll learn some things. And we've also got a really great email marketing ebook that will tell you how to transform your IT company, leveraging today's best email marketing strategies and tactics. And just go to scottgrowthstrategies.com forward slash ITN. Uh, you can Google me and find me on, on find our podcast from stuck to successful. Just open your native iPhone podcast app, whatever that is, or go to Google play or Stitcher. And you can find us there from stuck to successful is our podcast. And then, you know, you can find us on our website, find us there. Otherwise I'm on LinkedIn and uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram daily. Or you could just Google angry Vikings fan from Fargo. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I predict that they're going to have a bad season. People are like, I mean, they're not freaking out. It's only two games in, but I'm like, ugh. I just have the sinking feeling that they are going to try to leverage some things to get a better um, draft pick. And we'll see how that goes. I'd love to see Trey Lance come here. I was really sad to see that the Dallas Fourth Cowboys round picked pick, him up. That was it. They basically gave away a bag of potato chips for it. I know. It was like the Chris Carter deals, a hundred bucks in a waiver wire, right? Way back in the mid nineties. So yeah, I was bummed to see that they didn't bring him here. He's a good kid. He's an NDSU, played for the Bison for a couple of years and had a good career. And I think he would have been, had a, a great career in San Fran had he not got hurt, but we'll see. 100%. Should be an interesting season. Dave, 
you got to be at IT Nation because you said that you're going to be at the party on November 8th. So mm-hmm. I assume you're talking at IT Nation. Are you presenting? Nope. Just just walking the event this year. Yeah, we got asked and uh, we we declined. We just have too much going on. And we went through a bit of a reset this spring and we're now offering some different uh, coaching packages and some really cool low cost offerings. So also something for your audience to, to take advantage of. All right, but you'll be there. And like be in there. between now and maybe next week, you'll know who these, not one, not two, but three, three, three radio recognizers. Give us, give us something, man. Give us ah, something. Man. I, I, Come hey, on. I did drop there we a, go. Teaser, I dropped a teaser video on it maybe two weeks ago. So maybe you can go rewind. And was there something, was there a little bit of something in the teaser video? A little bit of something in the teaser video. Where, where is it at? Where can we find it? Oh, it's, on, it's on Facebook and LinkedIn. You know, but is it on your page or Bvoit? Uh, both both okay it's, it's everywhere all right so go go back rewind that one i have the next video queued up with the actual announcement it's just not out yet all right all good man george i'm so proud of you and your team so grateful for just having us on here and just the fact that you're bringing value to the channel and your voip solution continues to just fucking crush it and the msp initiative helping other msps man you guys have been such a grateful blessing. So thank you. And wow. super you proud of you and all your travels and everything you're doing. You guys have a great Appreciate team. That, man. Maybe I'll, I'll try one less Chick-fil-A sandwich per week. See if that happens. We want you alive, brother. Got to get healthy, healthy and lean. I hear you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to prioritize that this year. Our good buddy Brady definitely said he went on a let's lose some weight campaign. Maybe I'll follow. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's because he's got, he lives with a general. That's why I'm more afraid of his wife than I am of him. <laughs> I'm sure, but well, yeah, he's, but he's a driven, unmotivated guy. So yeah, he's going to lean up fast. 100%. Appreciate your time. Thanks guys for watching. This will be posted Thanks, uh, online shortly, mspinitiative.com under sessions and like, you know, in the podcatcher, stuff like that. Uh, don't, don't worry. I will make, I'm going to be monitoring the season for Dave because I'm sure he's monitoring his team as well. And we'll see by the time November 8th rolls around, which is only like seven and a half weeks away. It is. Uh, we'll, we'll see where everything stands in, in Minnesota land. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. See ya.